The hosts of this podcast are professional Christians, and while they do have all the answers, none of them claims to be inerrant. Well, infallible maybe. If the views and content of this show leave you upset or disappointed, just remember, this is just for funsies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spiritual Indirection, a podcast about life's most important questions. I am lactic acid in my calves Bible teacher, Christopher Seals. I am simply satisfied teacher, author, John Bennett. And I am Wayne Randolph, the easy as a Sunday morning pastor. Hey, I was looking on the internets and came across a list of what people would consider to be simple pleasures. And so they ranked them by like how often people would say like, this is a simple pleasure in life. Mm. Um, and so if you all had to guess the top one for Americans, like what would be the top simple pleasure in, in American people's lives? Sunrises. Ooh, let me see Pe- if that's on the list. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh, that's so much better than sunrises. Dang, those aren't on there. Although there's number seven is seeing flowers and trees blossom. So we oh, can maybe. See I like that better close. than the sandwich. I actually like your answer better than mine. Chris, what if I put but... the word? Yeah. What if I put the word tequila in front of sunrise? Yes, um, <laughs> alcohol is Simple not pleasure. on there. Um, However, Wayne, your singing was actually a clue for number one. There is a clue. Oh, karaoke, obviously. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, uh, the opposite of karaoke. Reverse being karaoke. easy. Oh, listening to music. Listening yep. to music. Number one is listening to your favorite song. Oh. Um, what, number, what's, your, what's your current jam, John? I have... Um, I've, you know what's funny is we've been friends for a while, but I have zero indication as to what you listen to for I know. musical pleasure. I know. Wayne John Johnson. Well, it's it's not the only. I don't I don't think that this is like, you know, that's an all or nothing answer. <laughs> but I do know that John has a wealth of knowledge. Uh he's he's got a good um hip hop library up in his mind. Oh, uh and okay. probably probably in his possession as well. But John John knows what's up. John knows what's up. Is that where you learned your hand symbols, John? <laughs> your ASL. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, so listening to music. Uh, so actually having kids has made me infinitely less cool. So my hip hop repertoire is very much stuck in the 2000s and 1990s. Um, mm. I also became an old man where I'm like, rap these days. You know, so... Bro, um, run the jewels though. Run the jewels. There's, there's, there is a lot saying, of SoundCloud dude. mumble rap in the world. Probably a little too much. Yeah, way too much. And half of them are my former students. Um, let's see. So number two is a nice dinner. Three, watching your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Number four, four foot massage. A really good book. Dang. Wait, what, what was four? That's a good one. Finishing, uh, finishing a, book. a good book. Okay, th- yeah. do people? Are you guys w- movie rewatchers? Say it again. Some people are like watching watching your favorite movie. I don't know it's my favorite movie until I'm done watching it, but then I'm done watching it. Like, so why would I do that again? 
Yeah, Dude, no, I just no, had this no. talk with some friends. They were like, they would never watch a movie again. And I was like, that just is weird to me. Like, I would totally rewatch a movie. Really? I, I Hundreds get of it. times if I have to. Like, I, I feel like so much of, a, of the pleasure derived from a movie is in the surprise. Um, and so when you lose Bro, the surprise, do you know how excited like I get the... each time? Each time Maverick, like, buzzes the tower and, like, he spills his coffee. And, like, you know it's going to happen, but, it, like... It's fantastic. No, Maverick wasn't that the Mel Gibson movie where he plays poker? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was a he was a cowboy. I don't remember this, <laughs> the tower scene. No, that sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I, and I I find that I only well, this is more earlier in my in my movie watching days, but I'd only watch comedies, rewatch comedies, because mm. then you get like the quotables, and so you can like yes. walk around, okay. and, you know, say all that stuff. I feel um, it. Yes, I've watched Nacho Libre uh, at least a dozen or more times. For get sure. that corn yeah. out of my face. Get the corn out of my face. Yes. So if you had to add something to the list of simple pleasures in life, um, mm. other ones that they have is um, seeing flowers and trees blossom, wearing an outfit that makes you feel good, home cooking. Tends a weird one. A match on Hinge or some other dating site with someone you're attracted to. Apparently, there's a that's, lot of Americans who are on online. That's, that's an outlier. And, and that's, that's an outlier. And how how does that qualify as simple? Like uh, putting my name into a machine where complex algorithms pair me up with other people <laughs> who are putting their things into machines. That's just the, one of the simple pleasures of my life. Oh yeah, um, I have a few. One, not having to wipe after pooping. Oh yeah, when you get the clean one, the ghosty. Oh, do you ever get the ghosty? The, so if it's a clean one, but you can see the evidence, it's one thing. But when yeah. you get the ghosties where you definitely drop something and you look in the toilet and there's nothing there. You ever have those? Like the phantom no. poop? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Be- oh. It's because it's probably because you had something greasy. And so it just kept sliding down the like the tunnel, like the, the, the toilet tunnel. But it's unnerving because I'm like, I know I had this experience. Right. But I see no evidence of it and I can't you, prove it. You, it's like it's like you even heard a little God splash. at church. Yeah, I heard a little splash. There may yep. be one drop of water on your thigh. Mm-hmm. You know what it but actually that, is? That drop I, could come from anywhere. It's actually a toilet snake that eats your poop and then goes back. Bro, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. That happened recently, bro. <laughs> that happened recently. Don't. You guys heard about that, right? It was like, like two weeks ago? No. Bro, a snake came through. Dude, a snake came through the dude's. Toilet and bit him on the nalgas, dude, on his cheeks, his butt cheeks. Yeah, fake oh, news. No. Fake news. I mean, very well could be. But we oh, all laughed, dude. so. That that might be a very specific fear that some of our listeners are going to now develop because of this. Yeah. John. This, this is going to be the first episode where I have to edit in a trigger warning at the, at the <laughs> outset. John, when you said pooing without having to wipe, I thought you were, um, were jumping on Chris's um, bidet bandwagon mm. no not even having to use the bidet you just it's but dude, i feel i feel like maybe a bidet is a, a simple pleasure i feel like that would should be on chris's list i would imagine yeah i would i would add that to the list for sure yes yeah um, how about how about going going to a movie or a sporting event and not having to pee at any point oh that is also good yes yeah sorry Wayne, I, what were you gonna say I was just laughing. wasn't Wasn't there like an earlier episode when Chris talked about like, like, just peeing yourself and like it not having like like getting away with it or something? 
Yeah, like know. wearing depends to add a long movie and getting oh, a yeah. soda. Yeah, you just you just go away. Oh, just before yeah. you said movie, John, I was about to say there's something about like sharing a bowl of popcorn, like with certain people, not with everybody. I'm not just like down to share a bowl of popcorn with everybody. I'm not that kind of person, but like yeah. like a good a good little like share because usually it's like there's something else going on that's good, whether you're watching something good or hanging out. Uh, mm. I think um, making your own beef jerky. <laughs> It's a very simple pleasure. But, Wayne, I would have to say, though, that there's also something sad. Like, there's certain sensations that are satisfying to me. Yeah. Um, and thinking about, like, popcorn, I think what's better than having, um, than sharing a bowl of popcorn is having your own. And you can do that thing where you raise the bowl of popcorn <gasps> to your face and you just stick your tongue out. And it sticks and you bring, like, one piece in at a time. Yeah. Um, like, there's just something about that, like, the adhesion and then the the path into the mouth that is okay. like, oddly okay. satisfying. Chris, that's awesome. Would you confess right now to to all of our listeners that there was a time when you were watching a David Attenborough documentary, and the slow mo of the gecko, the chameleon, the slow mo of the chameleon, and the tongue went, and you just looked around, and the popcorn was there, and that was the first time you tried it. Can I get an amen? I, that was the day I came alive. That's great. That's right. That was the day. That was that was my that was earliest memory. That was the day that the Lord had made. Mm-hmm. And, and I will rejoice and eat popcorn in it. And now you wear your hoodies backwards so that you can put the popcorn into your hoodie <laughs> and eat it. Sean, take that to Shark Tank, bro. <laughs> the reverse hoodie, movie going popcorn sweatshirt extravaganza. Go. And you can put in like a little um, like. Uh, like a cup or something that fits into your hoodie so that you don't get your hoodie dirty, but you can still like eat your popcorn there. Mm-hmm. Might be Bruh. sitting on a gold mine. Bro, it, it, can I just make an add on immediately right now though? Like that there's a cup holder with a nice uh, reusable straw in there somewhere as well. So you like, literally bro, you're just watching your movie like this. I mean, I know the folks at home can't see me, but I'm licking my popcorn, I'm sipping my drink. I'm licking my popcorn, I'm sipping my drink. That would be fantastic, dude. Well, that's yes. where you wear one of those like helmets with a little like. No, 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 no. We don't different. do those. No, with dude, twenty twenty one, right? That's that's an eighties <laughs> leftover, bro. Hey, transcend and include. That's not something that we need to include. Let's make a new one. Yeah, read a book, John. <laughs> read a book. <laughs> As you have most certainly deduced by this point, this is a Christian Answers podcast. Um, we pull questions from online questioners and life experiences. If you have a question for us, you can tweet using the hashtag. Spiritual Undirection. You can also send us a question on our website, spiritualundirection.com. How about a question from our friends at Quora? Yes, Quora. Here we go. Um, This is a question. I believe these are all recent questions that I pulled up. Uh, Well, no, this is actually 2020. Sorry, I lied. I just went to church for the first time in years, and they talk in tongue during prayers. Is this a common thing in churches now? Hmm. I just went to church for the first time in years and they talk in tongue during prayers. Is this a common thing in churches now? Yeah. I mean, you have to use your tongue to talk for the most Mm -hmm. part. Helps you articulate. Talk in in tongue, though. um, That would be just like talk by tongue Mm. during prayers. Talk in tongue? Or would your tongue be like a microphone and you talk mm, into your tongue? Talk into tongue. Nope. I can't see I, Wayne right now, but I think Chris and I are talking with our tongues out. 
<laughs> I I want to <laughs> I want to know what so, yes. she what she experienced and saw that that informed her that they were talking in tongue. Mm-hmm. Like what? That's true. Yeah. Because if you're somebody in like rural America and you go to a, like a church that's got a global influence, you're like, wait a second, what are they John. speaking? Is this like holy gibberish? But it's like Spanish, you know? Right. But it's actually just like a Presbyterian church, and they're speaking in Amharic. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Ethiopian language, right? It is. I, speaking of the Spanish, like like maybe, uh, John, have, have you ever gone into like a taco shop and and accidentally ordered the the tongue, the the taco de lengua? Have you ever had that? Um, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. Did you did you know you were eating tongue the first time, or did someone like like t- tell you like just trust me and then I'll tell you what it is, or like how, what was that like? Um, the tongue one, I knew enough Spanish to be able to say like, that's a word for tongue. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was when I, the intestines one is the one that I like did not know I was ordering intestines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that was a Tripas. surprise. Yeah. 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 Tripas yeah. or, um, there's, uh, seso is their word for, the, the word for brings. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites is actually the tacos de cabeza, which is like the outside of the skull. Mm. But Man, all this talking in tongues is making me hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, are Pentecostals the only ones that speak in tongues, in all seriousness? Or is there other denominations that have that there, requirement or that emphasis? John, are we all Pentecostals? Don't we all have the Holy Spirit? That's true. We've all experienced Pentecost? Just like I, everybody's Catholic? I would say, John, there there are... It's not limited to that... There are some that say it is a sign of, um, like it's an echo requirement, like what Chris was saying. Like, like some some will talk about like a second baptism and stuff like that. Um, some it just happens or whatever. I still I still have a gray area about that stuff. I I I, I think I I had like a, a handful of words that sometimes come out when I pray. But it's like literally like like mm-hmm. three or four words. It's like a vocabulary, like just, um, and I don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to do with mm-hmm. that. Uh, is it because of, is it the experience? Because that experience that we had, Chris, <laughs> in that oh, situ- yeah. it, it, that situation was really that one time was, where that guy told us to pray in tongues. Yeah, like we had to yeah, really. Guys, it's really fun to be the third person in an inside joke. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's not an inside yeah, joke, bro. I'm glad yeah, you weren't of, there. John. All of our listeners were there too. <laughs> Just John's the only one who was left out. Like, like sincere, sincerely, John, I'm glad you weren't there, bro. Well, I feel comfortable talking about the experience. Hopefully, this is, doesn't make other people uncomfortable. One time, we were part of this men's Bible study group, um, and we had a guest come in, and he said, "All right, we're all going to speak in tongues." And we were like, "Huh?" After like uh, confess, after like confessing, like like your worst sin ever. Like it, it's, sorry, I'm jumping, I'm jumping in. It just felt like forced. Uh, That's it. But yeah. And then he put a chair in the middle and we all took turns speaking in tongues. Now, some people like actually had the gift of speaking in tongues or like had experienced that experience before. And so for them, there was like bada bing, bada boom. It sounded like it normally does the shit about a Hana, but about Kia stuff. Um, and then, um, the, have I told this story on this podcast before? No. 
Oh, we've, okay. we've, um, we've, we've, uh, we've talked around the, like the, the edges, you know, the edges of it. And then I, when it was my turn, I was like, I can't just like force this thing. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, of course you can. And they said, he said, well, I, I said something about like being able to speak in gibberish when I was, uh, a kid or like a teenager and he was like well maybe you've had the just, gift of tongues all along i'm like oh, i know that game <laughs> right. and then i did some like i made did the gibberish sounds and like it definitely had a southeast asian flair to it like like halfway between Khmer and vietnamese um and i went for it and i definitely i was like i guess i speak in tongues now um and it was like two months later that I was at a prayer meeting and they were like, Hey, anyone who has the gift of tongues, start praying in tongues. And I was like doing it under my breath. And afterwards, Katie, my wife was like, Hey, what did you think about that? And I was like, Oh, I was doing it. And she was like, you speak in tongues. And I was like, yeah, I just like make sounds with my mouth. Like that's what they told me. And then that was like a turning point in my life where I was like, Oh yeah, I just did things because people told me that I should do things. I should probably mm-hmm. not turn my brain off again. Uh huh. That's my, that's my tongue story. Yeah, that's lovely. It was. Do uh, Catholics speak in tongues? It was weird. Um, we speak in Latin, and that's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the one true tongue from our yes. good old friend Jerome. Yeah, that, that's our tongue, and mm-hmm. you don't speak it anymore. So, well, I guess you can, but it's dead. Yeah. Uh, I guess, in, in all seriousness, if we want to talk about like the gift of tongues, I know that there's. We, we can't like exhaustively deal with right. what the gift of tongues is. <laughs> right. um, I know that there's like two different versions of it in the New Testament. There's like, um, I mean, Paul even references it at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13. If I can speak in the tongues of men or of angels. And at Acts chapter 2, we get people speaking in the tongues of men, being able to like yeah. say words in other languages by the gifting of the Spirit. And this whole idea, it does seem that Paul references it a few times, particularly to the Corinthian church. Um, Apparently it was a thing for them. The speaking in the tongues of angels or like a prayer language, um, some people in the, like the Pentecostal circles will use. Um, But it's like some, some nonverbal communication and connection with God. Um, And now sometimes people say that it's like a prophetic thing, which is why Paul gives like encouragement that it has to have, if it's going to be like you communicating to other people through tongues there's got to be an interpretation because what good is a is communication that we don't understand right so Mm -hmm. and then there's like if if it is just between a person and god then like no interpretation necessary right if it's like a my soul is uttering unintelligible sounds for the sake of communion with the divine then like radical Mm. go for it so in um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, in his short story, The Very Old Man with Enormous Wings, um, he kind of satirizes this idea um, where they have this old man with wings and he's found and he's kept in this um, chicken coop. And so they call the priest to see if he's actually an angel. And the priest starts speaking to him in Latin and the old man doesn't respond. So he's like, well, he's not divine because he doesn't speak Latin. And that's the, you know, the implication is that that's the the language of the divine of God and angels and angelic beings. Um, so yeah, I think on one hand, I, th- I think it's true that there is this gift, but we also just like make this a requirement and it's forcing it. And that like your, your story shows, like, I don't think it shows anything if you do it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to tell my students, John, that, uh, the entry requirements that I was aware of, uh, to pass through the pearly gates, was to be able to speak Spanish, uh, enjoy tacos, and play soccer. And um, 
basically what I was saying is the afterlife will be like Mexico minus the um, drug uh, cartels. Um, so I, I do think it is the language of heaven. <laughs> pues. Pues. <laughs> Así entonces. Um, how about another question? I got one. I believe it's pronounced right. cuestiones. Cuestiones? Preguntas. Preguntas. We're, we're talking um, in tongues now. This question is from Mysterious19555. <laughs> and it's a deep one. This is from Reddit. Wait, did you guys just Should feel we... that? You're, are you Chris, living in an earthquake right now? Chris, did we just have an earthquake? Well, I don't know. I'm kind of if far from you, though, it, huh? maybe I am a little might, far from It might from take you. a while to get to me. All right, cool. John, yeah, keep going. even longer to get to John. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, John, keep on we'll going. We'll see if Chris says anything. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> here's the question. Should we advise more Christian women to be single? More women than men are Christian in the U.S. I'll read that again one more time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess I'm not making the connection. <laughs> That's part of the mysteriousness of this question. Yes. <laughs> Should we advise more Christian women to be single? More women than men are Christian in the U.S.? Mm, I guess this okay. is that idea of being unequally yoked, maybe. Yes, oh, because I if they're all going to get married, who are they going to marry? Or maybe this is why the divorce rate is so high among Christians, is because like everybody needs a turn. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so they've got to do a little switcherooski sometimes. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. So so we should encourage more singleness among women, right? And this is right, totally not. This is not an incel question, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, um, or, or how about more men just convert to Christianity or I guess what? there's, we can't really force that because, you know, Romans nine, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, um, if we man the altar call gates, right? Like when, when we do the invitations to come to faith, as more women come to faith, um, you lead them off to a side room and you convert them to a different religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the men you allow up to the front and then you convert them to Christianity and then this will, this will even out the numbers. Wow. What? I thought this out. What, what if, what if the Christian women just, just track with me. What if they meet a man who's not a Christian, but they think that they can save him mm-hmm. and maybe we'll call it missionary, no. missionary dating. Let's say mm-hmm. maybe we just, we just need to change our strategy. Maybe we need to do. Three easy steps to getting your man to say I do to you and Jesus. That could be the name I of the book. I like it. It's a it's a short pithy title. I, we could call it We could like make an acronym out of that maybe. Missionary style dating. Right? Is that how we do or it? Or like MSD maybe. MSD. 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 Yeah. Are you, oh, you going to MSD group? Yeah. Yeah, we're, that's where we're, you invite all the all the handsome non-Christian boys, um, and you put your your finest um, in the Bible study on the other end. Yeah. MSD. What are y'all doing tonight? Oh, we're MSDing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you all got this. Hey, when you when if, you were saying the altar call, can I confess something to you all? Mm-hmm. As a Catholic who's going to non-denominational churches, I don't like altar calls. Can I be real with you guys? <laughs> I, I really, I really don't like them. And I, I don't know if I can articulate in a way that won't make me sound dumb or um, cynical, but it seems so emotion-driven. Mm-hmm. And 
a majority of the sermons that I've been in these altar calls, the sermon itself was not a very good sermon. (laughs) And it just seems like at the end, he's like, the pastor's like, you know what? I'm going to try to redeem myself from this terrible (laughs) sermon I just gave by seeing if I can get people to come up to the the altar so that I feel like I've accomplished something. Especially, especially... I was just gonna, especially if it's like, if it's not even an altar call, but it's like the the half butt one where it's like, who wants to like stand up or come up here and like recommit their lives to Jesus? Like they just need yeah. some, they just need some affirmation that their their stuff was okay, totally. right? Because that one, like, I, I could get down for that one, bro. I could look up there and say, I could see he's sweating, he's having a hard time, he's all red and sweaty because he's been studying scripture. And I, I go up there and like, I, I can, I could play the game a little bit and maybe say a couple words under my breath, like Chris. No, see, and that's still not quite as like powerful as you can, um, because what you do is you guilt them into it by saying, who here today wants to stand up for Christ? Oh, like, who here actually like really wants to live for Christ in their lives? And then oh. like, then you get the peer pressure stand and everybody comes together. Um, and then like, there's the few stragglers who like are either <laughs> principled um, or, or really anti Jesus. Um, but then you get the, the wave and everybody. Yes. Everybody yes. Excellent observation. Okay. I have an honest question for John. Thank you. Your honest question did not get answered, but your honest question is going to make me ask another honest question and maybe we'll combine the answers. Have you I like, ever I like altar calls sometimes, by the way, yeah. side note, this is where I'm going with it. Um, maybe not the way that you are because I, I'm not talking about the time when they're good. Okay. I just want to have you. I do like it for this though, because of the entertainment value. Have you ever sat in the back where they ask you to close your eyes and just raise your hand? No one else is watching. Just raise your hand. And you hear the dude start saying, or the, or the woman start saying, okay, I see that hand. Okay. Praise Jesus. Okay. Got you. I got you. Praise Jesus. And you start to think in yourself, I know this group that's here and I can't imagine that there's that many people raising their hand or doing that. And you open your eyes and there's nothing, bro. You guys, I've seen somebody outright just be like, I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay. I see you. There was nothing gentlemen. That's jacked up, bro. That's jacked up. I never open my eyes at those because um, I'm too scared. The lightning bolt. (laughs) Cause I'm a good boy. I'm too scared. Yeah. No, I, I, I unabashedly look around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like when they reassert, like with every eye closed right. and every head bowed, well, <clears throat> row three, the, <clears throat> the spirit, the spirit will show up when you shut up. <laughs> yes. Um, well, okay. So here's why I like altar calls to an extent. Um, I think that without some sort of physical manifestation and application of a word that's supposed to like propel us into life, then it becomes like just consumption, right? Might as well just watch it on YouTube. However, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that some of like the more powerful moments have been things that have been accompanied by some sort of physical act. Um, Mm -hmm. So like um, I stole this idea from a Rob Bell podcast where one time he talks about Elijah healing the waters of of Jericho and he says bring me a new bowl and he puts salt in the bowl and it cleans the cleans the waters and so like in a, as a response to be like hey like if if you've had like the curse spoken over your life and you need like lifting from that like we've got a bowl of salt and you can like grab a pinch throw it in this water as like this act of saying the water is cleansed now 
Um, because I found that when there's like a physical manifestation of the thing that you're trying to commit to, then it like sticks better. Mm-hmm. Um, or like if there is, seems like, like neuroscience a, would affirm that. Right. Or even like having people like, um, in the middle of a sermon, like have a discussion with someone else because then it like, it's teaching techniques essentially. Exactly so that, it. the, so it's just Sorry. not like passive consumption. Right. But then it's mm-hmm. like helping if someone does want to have a shift in their life, allowing them to have a physical something that comes along with it. And so I, I know that sometimes, especially because oftentimes the altar call can be this overplayed thing. That's like a way, yes, like a way to make the preacher feel better about themselves or, um, or whatever. But I think, I think maybe the reason I feel this way is because I grew up in a church that had altar calls every Sunday mm. and there were, I would say 90% of the Sundays no one would go forward. No one would go forward for prayer. No one would go Mm. forward for anything. And so it like it for me, it wasn't until later in life that I went to churches where like there was always something going on that like, to me, it was just like, Oh, the altar is like a place where it's like, it's open for anyone who needs it. But like most of the time people don't need it. That's Um, cool. So I don't know. Yeah. I I appreciate you sharing that aspect (laughs) of it too. (laughs) but but you've convinced me that i, I mean I, I agree with you like occasionally it works but like this a couple of sundays ago it was like this guy was this preacher was talking about his own life and breaking free of addictions and stuff mm. and then he was like bouncing around to like other things i'm like you don't necessarily go to the altar to like break free of addictions right like you go to the altar to say like i want i want jesus into my life and if the addictions break, awesome. But that's not the point of this. Is to, the yeah. point isn't to be clean of your addictions, right? The point is that I'm accepting that I'm a broken, sinful being that needs Jesus. And yes, I'll still struggle with my addictions. But that's not what's important. My earthly addictions aren't what's important. So to me, it's just like a weird, um, you know, it, it was more of like that prosperity kind of gospel mm-hmm. moment where it's like, you know, you want to you be prosperous, so come up here rather yeah. than like you want to be prosperous in eternity, you know? So that's where I was struggling with it. Totally. And yeah, I've definitely seen plenty of versions of it where it's like, um, a bad message or like one time in the Dominican, uh, there was this guy who preached and I'm, I'm certain he didn't say more than three coherent sentences mm. in like a 15 minute thing. He just like yelled Gloria Dios and hallelujah a lot. Um, and at the end he did an altar call thing. And then like, there was wild stuff that like happened, like people getting the shakes and stuff. Um, which, uh, so there's a lot of that stuff that I'm like, I don't know what to do with those experiences <laughs> or how to make sense of those things because I'm like, uh, I don't know what was actually happening there. And there was like a demon possession thing. But speaking of demon possession, I got a good question right here from, yes. um, I don't know this person's name, um, but it was answered 23 hours ago for the first time. So this is hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, can I just read you the tags? Because Quora mm. does tags. Yeah. Demonology, yes. demonic possession, the devil, nightmares, demons, malicious preternatural, pre- preternatural beings. All right, here we go. There is a Lutheran doing IDK voodoo on me or Santeria, but he's hurting me with demons or devils and is trying to make these demons enter my body. I get nightmares and I see them. Who do I go to for this or who do I or do who I report this to? Perfect. Yeah. Well, the Lutherans are Lutheran? Catholics. So <laughs> it's like Catholic Whoa. light. 
Yeah. So you there's only sixty calories of Catholicism in your average Lutheran. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you you'd call the priest to a Catholic priest to to actually exercise these demons and to to fight this. What's what's the light beer that? Oh man, what is it? Besides Miller Light and Bud Light, Coors. Not Coors. M- Michelob. Michelob Ultra. That's the Michelob one. Michelob Ultra. Yep. You don't want the Michelob Ultra. You want the real stuff. Well, let me read the question one more time. I know the syntax made it a little bit difficult, but tell me if I'm reading this wrong, because it sounds like the Lutheran is the problem, not the solution. There is a Lutheran doing IDK voodoo on me or Santeria, but he's hurting me with demons or devils and is trying to make these demons enter my body. I get nightmares Uh... and I see them. Who do I go to for this or do who I report this to? Well, okay. Answer doesn't change. Um, Go to, go to the Catholic priest. <laughs> uh, I'm going to answer this one straight, serious, real quick, just just for whatever reason. Um, if this is a Lutheran, like they just say a Lutheran, so I guess let me at least say this: if it's if it's somebody in leadership at a place, and you're having weird feelings, <laughs> interacting with somebody in leadership, like talk to. Talk to another leader or their leader or somebody. If it's just a Lutheran congregant, talk to their leader. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and now let the jokes commence because <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird <laughs> question, dude. Well, I guess answering that, like Lutheran is just like a, it's just a name tag at this point. I, at first I was thinking like a Lutheran priest, but then I realized it's just a Lutheran, right? Right. Like yeah. it's. Um, like my mom grew up Catholic and then in the Philippines, like you could totally be Catholic and do voodoo and Santeria all at the same time. Um, and so maybe it's just like, oh, and so that, that must mean though, this is good news, John, following your same logic. Then that means that since Lutherans are like Catholic light, that must mean that the the demons are also like minor league demons. And so we've got like minor league voodoo, minor league Santeria. So if you like literally just walk into a Catholic church and they'll be gone. Like yep. it, automatic guys. I don't even practice Santeria. I don't got no you crystal got ball. Oh, man, <laughs> I had a million dollars, but I spent it all. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's a weird question. That was sublime. Wait, uh, wait, that wait, 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 sublime. Wait. <laughs> um, that, uh, I mean, he, he, he's dead, bro. That's too soon. Yeah. Is his um, name Sublime? Chris. <laughs> Bradley. Bradley Sublime. Bradley. 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 Uh, they actually just played out here in Ventura not so long ago. Chris, um, you said it was his answered. Ghost. It was answered 23 years ago. <laughs> or 23 hours no, ago, 20, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did, how, yeah. How did someone else answer this? <laughs> you need a psychiatrist. They yeah. should be able to diagnose your problems and prescribe any appropriate medications. Perfect. It's, I mean that person. It. That person sounds like they're in a dark place, but they might. They might be right. <laughs> the um. The, it's answered by Evian Cansons and um, like you know how in Quora they're able to like say something about themselves. Jesus has been in my life for three years. Is their descriptor, bro? So he he didn't even go in like religious route. He was just like, girl, you need meds. <laughs> yeah, you need meds. Wow. Maybe the, maybe it was from the grammar. Um. Mm. Then they determined this. Well, you know what else would probably help them is the burst of 
wiki wiki. The day. the day. This yes. is the verse of the day segment where we roll dice like the Urim and the Thurim. Thurim the Urim and the Thumim? In Thumim of old, or like casting lots straight from the Bible. It's an acceptable practice back then, so it's got to be an acceptable practice today. So we um, roll a dice and we get a verse from Scripture, and that is the word of the Lord to us today. So first, could we start with someone rolling a d4? Got it. John, I don't have any of, of my die with me today, so this is this is all you. Two. All right. This is John's verse. Wayne can listen, but it doesn't belong to him. Okay. <laughs> um, John, roll a d20. D20. Ticket, ticket, ticket. One. Critical fail. Ooh, Critical okay. fail. Oh, I, um, I hope we do. Roll for, me, roll for me a d12. I got a seven. Seven. And roll for me another... Oh, let's see. Roll for me a d20. That'll do it. I hope I fail again. Oh, almost perfect. 19. 19. All right. Chris, That's before you read, 20. before you read, where, when, when do you use a 12-sided die in, in D&D? Um, at certain levels of spells. Um, if, if you get higher level spells, then um, damage is oftentimes a D12. Seems like you just use 2d6. Anyways, go ahead. Well, because then, yeah. Well, then you wouldn't have a d12. I, I, that's, that's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. And then you can never roll a 1 if you have 2d6. You know what I mean? Chris. All right. It's math. Here is the verse of the day. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than 10 rulers in a city. Yeah, she does. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. The word of the Lord. I know the Bible is is true, but I'm going to say that that's false. Mm. <laughs> At least in, in our context. I don't think that there's people who are running our countries that are actually wise, and yet they're the most powerful people in this world. Hmm. Isn't that what they're saying? That the wisdom, they're stronger than the rulers? Mm -hmm. Stronger than 10 of them. John, I think, though, that you may be hearing this wrong. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than 10 rulers. Wayne and I were just talking about math. I feel like it, yeah, come on. I mean, in all fairness, he's a creative writing major, right? Um, that's true. It's not a math thing. Uh, it, but I think what I hear there too, is that like 10 rulers, um, they're not, there's nothing about them that, uh, that screams wisdom. I think that's, mm. I, I think there's some commentary there about the rulers that are. Well, grabbing. okay. So if, if the rulers are made out of wood, yeah, totally. Yeah. But if yeah, you have one of those like steel ones, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Like a protractor. If, if, if the verse read, more powerful than 10 protractors or even like if we took the same equivalent and said more powerful than 3.3 yardsticks i'd be like that's that's hard now wait a second are these combined or are these individual rulers that it you just says make? 10 rulers yeah but if they're taped up together mm-hmm. john do you know how to use an abacus yeah is that the no okay that's the one with the counting beads yeah never mind yeah <laughs> what a do delightful you, non sequitur way. Yeah. 
Uh, how about a drafting ruler? You seen those ones? Those are cool. Oh yeah, I do like those. Ruler. Those that makes one one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. Ten rulers in a city. Well, I guess I guess if we think that take this like even like more seriously, then there could be a place where because wisdom doesn't necessarily mean goodness, right? It just means skill in how to live. Like theoretically, if you're wiser or more shrewd, you're you're going to be able to play the game better, and potentially outsmart them. Yes, right? but but they're also rulers, and you're not. And just by the distinction of them being rulers, they have more power than you. Hmm. Wow, we got really Marxist here, guys. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about overthrowing the proletariat or anything, but that that's perfect. The word of the Lord. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Do we have time for one more? I think we have time for one more. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. This one. This this one comes from uh, Quora, and it was most recently answered in July nineteenth. How did Noah bring the six kinds of human tapeworms on the ark? (laughs) <laughs> Did he bring six pairs or six individuals since they are hermaphrodites? Awesome. I think when it says actually in the text that the uh, the Nephilim were there in those days and also mm-hmm. afterwards, uh, I think it's actually, I think the tapeworms came from the Nephilim and they didn't get there till afterwards. So they, they, mm-hmm. they stow away on the Nephilim. Got it. I was just thinking like, you know, in all those cute movies where there's animals coming up the ramp two by two up into the ark. Oh, like, and when the, when the tapeworms like start like squirming up the ramp. Do they like, have suitcases? Ham, and Can Jay you imagine Fith. it? Can you imagine them with suitcases? <laughs> um, yeah. Ham and Shem and Japheth, they're all like waiting there and they like look at each other with that awkward look, like who's going to do it? And the tapeworms are like, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> Actually, here's what happened. One of the planks started to fall off, and so they got some tape worms, and they sealed that plank, and that's how they transported it. They sealed uh, that because they like murdered a seal and then like put it on there also. Uh, oh, uh, bro, John, I feel like we're gonna get a, gonna get a call from Peta because of you, bro. Peta. Peta is a scientist. Actually, that's not what tapeworms do. Like, <laughs> like, what are the tapeworms just stow away, like, in the intestines and of other animals? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, if if you think, though, like, what harm are they doing? They just needed a ride. Yeah. Yeah? But it's how they hitchhiking. They to procreate. Yeah. I would still say that you probably only needed to bring, um, I guess this is where... It's very important we understand the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And so God said, bring two of every kind of animal. However, I mean, if it's asexual, you could just bring one, right? Like he didn't have to bring two starfish. Uh, sea stars, Chris. They're not, they're not fish. Um, have you seen their gills? I beg to differ. Jeez, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> have you had starfish soup? That's awful. I know. That's why I've never had it. That's, people do that? <laughs> no, no. I just, just throwing it out there, Chris. Just giving you an opportunity to confess. <laughs> no, Chris, I have not. Chris, why are you being soup. so culturally insensitive? 
first of all, you, you, you passed the patriotism check. Good job. That was last episode, but <laughs> I'm still gonna i got to redeem myself now. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. I like you guys a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just talked about tapeworms, so I guess that means this is the end of the program. It's about um, as low as we can we, go. <laughs> yeah, tape, tapeworms is the lowest common denominator of this one. Thank you so much for listening to our tapeworm-infested podcast. Um, I, I hope our listenership you. multiplies like tapeworms, though. Yeah, that would be cool. Yes. But you please, know. like, don't. We don't need radical list, um, spiritual and direction listeners who start cutting themselves up trying to make it happen. So can we? You know how like um, Lady Gaga calls? What does she call her her minions? Her monsters. little monsters. Can we? Yeah. Can we just start calling our listeners our little tapeworms? Like as a like a social experiment and see little tapeworms. And let's and like so just each creating like, hey there, tapeworms, and like let's just see if they start multiplying. Like, are you guys and. It, yeah, and it also can be like if people think it's gross, it could be like a '90s throwback thing. Like when we listened on cassette tapes, it's like no, look, we're an audio medium, right? And like they like to eat at it, so it's like there are tapeworms. It's ironic. It's better than what it's I, ironic. Yeah. It's better than what I call our listeners. I've been calling them undies, but <laughs> what's up, spiritual undies? I believe that I believe the Mormon Church has that one on lock. So. We we can't do the spiritual undies. I just I just don't want in like the future someone to ask me how many you know how many undies I have and I just don't want to I don't want to have that conversation. So can we change it now, John? Yes. Let's do can that. we just decide on tapies? Tapies. Tapies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, how about we How about we sign off and we'll figure it out later. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Let's figure awesome. this out awesome. <laughs> while we're recording. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. If you could, um, if you could tell other people about our podcast, if you enjoy this, or if you want to, like, next time you're in a car with someone, be like, "Hey, listen to these these goofuses that talk about Jesus stuff um, and make jokes." Um, uh, it means a lot when you share it, and it helps other people to find the podcast. Um, what else helps us is if you leave a review, um, or even literally just subscribing, so that it pops up in your feed, and um, you can know when the new episodes drop. Which it's it's every other Thursday, but. You know, sometimes we forget. Oh, I was starting to see a pattern. You're right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that would be very, very helpful to us. Well, I'm Christopher Seals, and today I learned that tapeworm are asexual reproductive. I'm John Bennett. I learned about ghosties, and I also learned that Chris... If Chris was to speak in tongues, it'd be a combination of Southeastern Asian languages. And I am Wayne Randolph, and I learned that I will not be sharing intestine tacos with John. Huh. This has been Spiritual Undirection reminding you that all of your problems are probably from unconfessed sin. Also, a special thank you to Kyle Plant with Afterlife Beats. Go check out his stuff on SoundCloud. And thank you, Gregorian Monks. Uh-huh.